Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce O'Dedison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. All right, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Joyce O'Dedison here on What's Happening at Work podcast. And my guest today is Big Daddy Taz. Oh my goodness, you have to hear the humor behind the art. Big Daddy will be one of our speakers at the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and we can't wait to have him. Welcome, welcome, Taz. Well, thank you for inviting me. I couldn't, I, I couldn't, you know, if I just wandered in off the street, you'd be like, we're calling security. Do you know what, insec- <laughs> you know what security is? I go, yes, I, I have insecurity. That's what I have. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I am laughing already, and I can just imagine the uh, the humor that you're going to be bringing to our audience. That you know, Taz, one of the things that we're focusing on in the summit this year, the, the sixth annual Global Workplace Wellness Summit, is we're looking at the the state of mental health, mm-hmm. and we're looking at the stresses and some of the stresses we cause, of course, <laughs> in our lives, a lot of it, and we're looking at okay. What are some well-being strategies that we can bring in? And I love your humor because part of that is having a sense of humor and being able to have, make fun of ourselves mm-hmm. in, our, in our silliness. So what are some key thoughts that come to mind for you when, when I say that? Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's what you said there is 100% true about how people, uh, they create their own mental anguish a lot. And uh and some of it is preventable and some of it isn't. Some of it is uh, without our own knowing. And some of it, of course, is because, uh, to be honest with you, some people like to be, um, you know, like to be, uh, I don't want to say the victim, that's the wrong thing, but they like to be, they like to be helped, right? And so if when we, when we need help for one thing, we sort of sometimes uh, will we'll do something like children, right? Children will be, uh, they're really sad, but they don't know how to express that they're sad so they'll be i hurt my leg i have a sore tummy right as when children don't want to go to school because they're being bullied they don't go i'm being bullied somebody's being mean to me right mm-hmm. and uh I don't, I don't know why they would talk like uh redneck from the south but <laughs> i don't want going on right but uh so they say we have we have a sore tummy right we have a sore this a sore that because we don't really know what to do with mental health we still don't. I mean, it's 2023, if I'm still uh, aware of the time. And uh, it, it, we, we don't know how to deal with mental health or a way to ask for help. You know, I ask a, a group full of kids when I'm presenting the kids. I go, if I have a broken leg, who do you call? Doctor. Okay, if I got a chipped tooth, dentist. Uh, I got a broken car, right? Got a mechanic. And then uh, I say the same thing to the, the adults. And they, they, they go, oh, of course, it's a doctor. Of course, it's a dentist. Of course, it's a mechanic. I go, who do you call when you have a broken heart? And it's quiet for the adults and kids go, everybody, I call everybody. I ask for help, you know, because as we got, uh, when we were children of people of uh, our age and that, I mean, I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to ask you because apparently that's rude, but I'm 56. So um, when. Of course, I'm age. Are we? Well, how come you look so much younger than I do? (laughs) Um, You know what? It's it's, uh, hard for us to ask for help because all our lives 
And as you know, children, we were told, don't air our dirty laundry. Do not, you know, you know, it, it was asking for help is a sign of weakness. Figure it out yourself. What do you have to be worried about? Why do you, why are you crying? Do you want something to cry for? Well, I obviously have something to cry for because I'm already crying, right? Mm -hmm. what our job is or what my job is i don't know what anybody else's job is but what my job is when i go to school is to teach kids it's okay whatever you're feeling is okay whatever is going on in your life it's okay to talk about right and if you talk about the things that are going on in your life in a way that is positive and to the right people then we're going to end everything from uh we're going to end everything from uh people being scared to pedophilia to to racism, to, you know, whatever you're going through, right? Because when we talk about it, it becomes real. And when it's real, we can handle it. Yes, you're right. Because you, you're always scared of the dark until the light shines, right? <laughs> See, my, my idea is that we're not scared of the dark. We're scared because uh, we, we, it's not that we don't know what's going on in the dark. It's we know what could be in the dark now. So that's why we're scared of the dark, right? Mm -hmm. the, the what ifs. And the, the whole idea is, is we turn on that light and that monster is identifiable, is slayable. You know, they, they say, oh, I want to slay that monster of depression. And the greatest line I ever heard was, you don't want to slay the monster. You want to you wanna find out what it eats. And don't feed it anymore. True. I love that. Mm -hmm. Make it hungry. It disappears. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. What we feed grows. It's 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 natural. It's really common sense, right? But sometimes it's not as common. It's not as easy to think about those things. And when we, we think about well-being strategies, we think about how we can uh, new ways of thinking and being and mindfulness. And um, it's, as I said, we're unveiling the well-being intelligence competencies. And mm -hmm. uh, as I'm going through the courses, I'm looking at the 10 top courses that we get called for, right? Mm -hmm. what, are the, what are the top 10 courses we, we've been teaching for over and over and over again over the past 12 months? And we're looking at, these are what people are looking for. It's new approaches, new ways of thinking and um interacting and engaging about the same issues mm -hmm. but looking at different ways to think about because we always have to expand our minds come up with new ways of being and doing and seeing the world and there's wisdom in that of course and, 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 and it's not even new ways uh to invent new ways it's new to us mm -hmm. right that's new to, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Or, oh my gosh, you know, I remember as a child being told this, oh yeah, it still works. It does. Yeah, it does. When you're yes. angry, count to 10. Well, that works mm -hmm. because, you mm -hmm. know, it, it diffuses, right? Right. If, if you're, you know, it's, it's, it's all this, it's all this, we, we're trying to find, and I'm, I'm, I might anger people here, but that, that doesn't, I mean, it's not that it doesn't matter. I hope I don't, but you, you're responsible for, your well-being and it takes oh, we work are. and we, we, are we we're, sometimes we refer we refuse to do the work we are kind of a pill society now there's a pill to lose weight there's a pill to do this there's a pill to do that there's a pill to do this instead of going okay well you know what uh and and the problem with mental health is that there is a pill uh many different pills but it, it mm -hmm. affects each one of us differently 
and uh, each dose is different. Mm-hmm. And nothing is going to help you as much as uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. mindfulness, because your meds aren't always going to work. I found that out a few years ago uh, when I when I when I dropped, like I draw I, I I dropped to my knees because I couldn't handle it. But I was taking my meds. Well, who thought that drinking grapefruit juice would wreck your would 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 nullify the you know would nullify the medication I was on? So I was. I was I was blown away by something as simple as that. And then, thank goodness, I had my I was starting cognitive behavioral therapy then, and that I was able to go, okay, well, here's my trigger thoughts. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Here we go. Here go. Yeah, the boat's here. Let's get on it and go on this rough sea, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But people are afraid to start working on themselves. What if it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Okay, so now what if it does? Yeah, there- and now we know what doesn't work, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. What, what what did Thomas Edison say? I didn't fail twelve hundred times. I found out twelve hundred different ways not to make a light bulb or whatever the number was, right? Exactly. And uh, but there's a great African proverb that says, "Calm seas do not make good sailors." True. Very true. You become lazy sailors if the if the seas calm. Hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. And it's the resilience we build. And one of the challenges that I find we're having now, and, and when we talk about, you know, through as we look at the well-being intelligence competencies and the curriculum as I go through, one of the things we notice is that emotional and mental resilience. It's we've lost the art of resilience. Uh we we've lost it and we don't have as many. Uh, pillars in our society and in our lifestyle to build resilience. And so calm is nice and peace is nice, but we actually grow through the turmoil. We learn, we develop, and we build our resilience. And I often say to my clients, resilience is not something you build when you're down. You know, you have to start thinking about resilience before and you just, your resilience get better every time you overcome something. Because at some point, you don't have the energy to build anymore. You pull on what you have. Oh, exactly. You know what? And um, it's, uh, it's, it's like saving money for a rainy day. When that rainy day comes, you can't save that money. It has to be done ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we have to realize, too, is that um, resilience is like uh, if, you're, if, you're, if your brain and soul and heart are gardens, right? Then resilience is cutting away some of the stuff in your garden so the rest of the stuff can grow mm-hmm. right it's not only about weeding the garden because sometimes you cut mm-hmm. down part of the tree you cut down part of the you pull a, mm-hmm. you know you pull some of the roses it gets crowded mm-hmm. right yeah, it's like one, one thing mm-hmm. i learned about winemaking and i don't I, I mean i mean i clean and sober for 20 uh seven years i think it is this year but where um my wife lala lives uh we have a lot of friends there that have vineyards. So I would, you know, I go help my cousin at the vineyard a bit. And there's these, all these plants, all this, all these plants, like crazy amount of plants. And then they had a, they had a small frost this year that killed 90% of the plants. But guess what? All those plants look like they're still good. So he brought me through and he goes, see, look at this. What are you not seeing? I said, I, I see plants. I see plants. He goes, do you see any grapes? I said, no, not really. He goes, these plants look okay. 
only a few of them are producing grapes. So that's sort of uh, an analogy for our lives because sometimes we may look okay, but if you look closely, there's there's no fruit. The people are just sort of there. Mm-hmm. So our oh, job, yeah, our job, you and I and everybody else that are presenting at this conference and then everybody else at the conference is to help everybody find their fruit. To help everybody be able to produce. So, so true. You know, it's funny. The other day, I think we were flying somewhere. We were uh, last month. We were on the road a lot. And I was, we were at the airport. And I was saying, why does everyone look ghostly? Like, am I seeing, we're in the line. You know, they have you these long line. I was like, these people, they, they look like ghosts. Like, why? And then one woman, she starts saying, oh, I have such a hangover. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I'm seeing. <laughs> I was like... I just started thinking, maybe something is wrong with what am I seeing? And I just said, I have such a hangover. I can I was like, okay, my mind's eye is just seeing more than my my mind can comprehend. <laughs> I do not miss hangover days at all. I do not miss I don't miss hangovers and I don't miss apologizing for stuff I don't remember I did. And that was why I don't mm-hmm. drink anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, at this age, that would just be makes no sense <laughs> oh, oh i mean I, I i have friends that are my that drink responsibly my cousin lala uh, uh, like you know even my son my oldest son uh uh you know they all drink responsibly i just don't have the responsibility gene i have the oh so i'm going to drink until i forget who i am because i really really hate who i am and oh, then I'll, then i'll fight because I love to fight because then there's conflict and I, and I, I'm good at this thing. I, and if I get hurt, I deserve it. Right. It was such a, you know, it was such a weird way to live my life for such a long time. Mm. Right. And so it's uh, you know, I'm not telling people don't drink. I'm just telling people no why. I mean, they go, oh, were you self-medicating? I'm like, Oh yeah. But, it, but self-medicating isn't only with drugs and alcohol. We self-medicate with food. We self-medicate with avoidance. I I was self-medicating with with not going out, with just disappearing, right? We self-medicate with silence. We self-medicate with binge-watching. We self-medicate with avoiding other people. You know, there's all kinds of ways of self-medicating. Yes, we are very good at creating ways to to deal with our problem instead of dealing with the problem. Problem, that's right. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Love, uh, if, if you're like me at all, uh, some people are, a lot of people probably aren't, and that's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will put off, I'll get to story. I put something off. It was quite s- simple to do, but I, I knew it was going to be a hassle. So I put it off for like three months. And finally, I'm like, okay, it's got to be done today, right now. So I made mm-hmm. the call, and um, it was probably, 14 minutes that was it so i put it off for months to avoid 14 minutes of something that actually didn't turn out to be a hassle and as you say that i'm just saying if any of you are listening that here have something that you've been putting off you know what it's you know what it is something that you need to do and you're like oh i'll get to it I'll get to it. I'll get to it. This is a this is a, a movement. Let's drive. Let's get you galvanized <laughs> into action because too often we do that and we don't get things done and they pile up. 
and they pile up and then we become overwhelmed and we feel burnt out and we feel exhausted because we're not getting things done and our subconscious is telling us hey you gotta get this done and as our subconscious is moving we get more tired more burnt out we feel more stressed we feel more overwhelmed and it's taxing our mental capacity or emotional resilience and it's just 14 minutes And, and by the way, that included me coming out of the vehicle, getting into the house, taking off my shoes, you know, getting there, getting the courage to say, I make the call. And, yeah. and it was it was just like, really? Yes. Really? Just make that call. Just make that really. call. <laughs> exactly. And your brain remembers that. I believe it does. And then it, it's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's in your head. But it, oh, what does that have to do? Right. And it's uh, we you know, what we have to do we have to start, start treating ourselves like we deserve to live. Mm. Right. Oh. We, we, we have to treat that. ourselves like we uh, are important and that mm. our emotions are important and our thoughts and fears and, and aspirations are important. We have to start treating ourselves the way our best friend treats us. We have to start treating ourselves the way a coddling mother will give you enough rope not to hang yourself, but enough rope so that you feel safe. Right? We have to treat ourselves the way we want to be able to treat everybody else. Because we talk about ourselves and to ourselves in the most heinous aspect a nine kind of a way there's no way i would ever speak to my sons or my wife or you or my best friend the way i talk to myself try stubbing your toe and see how many new words you call yourself we all know it's the it's 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 the, it's the couch's fault because it only to you does it jump out and hit the only toe, right? And it's never a toe that could take the hit either. It's the the pinky toe that nobody thinks, oh, that has. I, I read somewhere that evolutionary wise, we don't need a pinky toe anymore. And I'm like, yeah, we do. It's what let us know where the ottoman is, right? That's what mm-hmm. it does. It tells us mm-hmm. in the dark. And it hurts like heck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we need to we need to take the time to realize that it's okay to love ourselves because we've been told our entire life for the most part, that putting yourself first is incredibly wrong. Mm. So when I met my wife, Lala, who we we talked today, I call Lisa Lala because I'm a giant child with a MasterCard and and, uh, comic books. Uh, I, uh, Lisa and I fell very deeply in love very quickly. So I spent two days after she said we should start seeing each other. I spent two full days telling her why that was a terrible idea why i wasn't worth the sweat off the upper lip that what i wasn't worth the effort why i wasn't worth to try to get to know what and i told her and i told it was the first relationship where i i went through and we were crying and i was telling her about my you know my childhood and the beatings and the alcoholism and the and how it changed and the, the way and the racism in my house and the and how since a young age i've have depression and my suicide attempts and first one at eight and then moving forward and how i just i'm not very good i've had three wives before you i it's not a, you know and i and we dazed and i every little bit i go listen i can't control 
my depression sometimes and I say things that I don't mean and I try very hard not to, but sometimes they come out and this, and then we went on and on and, and, and she looked at me and she, we had, like, like I said, tears and crying and, 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 and I, it was, it was the, probably the best thing I ever did in my life was I listed out everything I hated about myself and uh, we were done. She goes, are you, I remember we were, she goes, are you finished? And I, and I thought for a second and then, you know, eyes, eyes rolling in my head and going, okay, I think I've, 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 I've uncovered every cobweb here. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, that's it. She goes, I don't see that to be a problem. I said, okay, well, here's what I need you to understand. Number one uh, is my boys in my life. Number two is my career. Number three is my family. And you would have to come in somewhere in where the family is. And that's it. And she goes, oh, that's not acceptable. I went, oh. She goes, no, number one needs to be you. Number two needs to be your boys. And number three is career and family and me. And I'll fit in there and I'll float all over the place. One day I'm this and one day I'm that. And that and it was the first time that anybody ever said to me, no, no, you got to put yourself first and you don't do that. And I said, well, that's asinine and very pompous for me to be first. She goes, no, when you're on an airplane, they say, put your mask on before you put on somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And it, sort of, it made sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. And then well, I didn't have, we I didn't, think it's uh, just for the airplane. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's for life, yeah. And then I didn't think I could date her because uh, she's too smart for me. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But oh, you know every what? man needs a smart woman on the on the, yep. on the everybody hey, needs a, that in your corner. <laughs> I need somebody that challenges me, and I don't need to be the smartest one in the room. I just need to be me, and hopefully one of the funniest. That's what I want. There you go. My, my job is my job used to be about bringing laughter, but now it's to bring what the universe put me here for. And I know now, I found my purpose a few years ago. My purpose is to bring love 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 buckets and buckets and buckets of love the first thing i do when i wake up in the morning i smile even though i might feel like i'm gonna lose the day i smile and i just i feel all the love that the universe is giving me and i give it to everybody else and i keep whatever i need for me because you know what that's what this world is about if i treat everybody with love with compassion with the understanding that I might not get that love back because that's not what I'm doing it for. Guess what? They will take that love and give it to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And it becomes that old, that old shampoo commercial. Right. And, and he'll tell two friends and so on and so on and mm-hmm. so on. Yes. Right. And that's the beauty of it because humans are interconnected and we're living in an in an age where we've lost most of our human skills. We become automated and machine machine like, and we don't communicate the way we used to. We don't even, uh, you know, we don't we don't even talk to each other across the line. We we do it through gadgets. We don't meet in person. We do. We we text. Uh, yeah. We text. See, we're vibrations. So mm-hmm. when I'm vibrating with the love, you're going to get that love. When I, you know, that uh, um, COVID, COVID was a big, we got a social distance. No, no, no we had, we, we, we need a physical distance, not social distance. We, we, we did too mm-hmm. many social distancing. When you shake somebody's hand, when you give them a hug, when, I, we, when we're laughing, when we're talking, our voices create the vibrations mm-hmm. 
and make other people feel okay, right? Barry White, right? He's got that, oh, baby, you know, I'm ah, that's that's the vibrations. Oh, my goodness, the vibrations, right? But that's what we do to other people, right? That You know, they say, we've. I hug I hug everybody who's, I asked first, obviously, right? Because I read somewhere, it said, if you do a 17-second hug, it creates endorphins in somebody's brain. And I went, yeah, well, if you know the person, right? Otherwise, you just can't <laughs> randomly go up and give a hug. But I've done it before. There's a guy. We'll be giving hugs at the summit. Yeah. Hugs are there. Yeah. We'll That's be it. giving hugs. Yes. Hugs yes. are awesome. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Taz, I, I really truly enjoyed this conversation. What is one thing people can look forward to at the summit? So you'll be sharing besides love. They can look forward to feeling better about who they are and maybe understanding themselves a little bit more. And the number one thing I want you to know is that everything is going to be okay. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but it's going to be okay. And you're not alone. Absolutely. At all. You're not alone. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. Come out and see Big Daddy Taz at the Global Workplace Wellness Summit. We're so looking forward to spending that hour with him and soaking up some of that wisdom and and fun and laughter and deeper understanding. Taz, you have a wonderful afternoon and thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, I am so flattered that you invited me and I appreciate it very, very much. Welcome. Thank you all for listening. This is Teresa Dittison at What's Happening at Work podcast and so grateful to have had Big Daddy Taz on with us today. So have a wonderful time and I will see you on the next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce Dittison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guest, and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com, where we help you to work, live, and play well. Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.